All right, everyone, this is a continuation of last week and the inspiration and dedication that you are going to need to continue to succeed and continue to achieve beyond your expectations. What I really hope is if you didn't hear last week's episode, please go back and listen to it before you listen to this episode because you'll be able to take a lot of either external notes on a notepad or internal notes in your brain and be able to apply them to your life so that you can push, dig a little deeper, and just be able to love yourself a little bit more. So this is a continuation of Achieving Beyond Your Expectations with Bill Blocker, and I hope you enjoy. Somebody say huh? 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 What's up? You're better than Oprah. Come on, This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Chapter four is about habits and in your hidden mind chain. We hear so much about how it takes 66 days to create a new habit, but what exactly, you know, is happening to the brain to form these habits? And one of the things that was just so frustrating over years of being in fitness and and really helping people on a journey is you would hear people say, well, you only have to do it for a certain amount of days. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Because I know, and even now to this very day, I mean, I've worked out consistently for 25 years now and it's not a habit. I still have to make myself do, I'm like, man, you know, sometimes I don't want to do it, you know, but I still make myself do it. So let's talk about you know how to what the brain does to form these habits okay we're going to get very specific about this but let me just deal with the number 66 okay there's another uh, number that frequently gets talked about 21 days mm-hmm. you can change a habit there's another number it takes a maximum of 254 days mm. to, to change a habit um, all the studies when you synthesize them in relation to changing habits say it's dependent on what you're trying to do and the situation you're in and the intensity you have for doing it. So every case is different. Uh, So you can't depend on the 66 days, you can't depend on the 21 days, you can't depend on the 254 days. Everything is different. One size does not fit all. Love it. That's important. That kind of frees my mind a lot. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Hidden mind chains. 
I came up with this because of, of this. And I don't have my elephant picture. Big, giant elephants, the biggest creatures on land, can be held with a small rope in a wooden stake in the ground that they could easily pull out. Why is that? Because when they are baby elephants, they're chained up to a metal post in concrete. They walk to the end of the chain, and they can't, they can't get away. And so mental mind chains occur, hidden mind chains that control them. And it controls them the rest of their life. So here's what we know about habits. They control 40 to 75% of all behavior. They control you the way you eat, the way you drive, the way you dress, your interactions with others. The intimate relationship you have with significant others, and I'm not talking about sex, although sex is involved. I'm talking about how you look at somebody, how the tone of voice you use with them, how you touch them, how you interact with them. It controls work. It controls play. Everything you do is controlled by habits, 40 to 75%. Habits are automatic subconscious response to stimulus. They happen. The reticular activating system is designed to cause habits to occur in your body. It wants to do that to make you efficient. A habit is not one act. It's multiple tiny acts that create a pattern of behavior. This is important, gang. If you want to change a habit, you're not changing one behavior, you're changing multiple tiny acts and everything around it. That's what you have to learn to be successful. Mm. Now, when you're making habits, you're actually developing neural pathways. Here's a picture of a neural pathway that they take with their big electronic devices of the brain. The neural pathways are developed to create automaticity so you can operate as efficiently as possible. Athletes, musicians, military people, first responders all rely on automaticity to be successful. They don't have time to think in an emergency situation, in an athletic event, as they're performing a concerto. They've got to act automatically. Automaticity is critical to our lives. You can develop the automaticity, and we're going to give you a very specific step-by-step plan to do that. But I want to give you right now an example of how automaticity impacts performance. What you're about to see is a young man who is 13 years old. This young man's name is Blake. Blake achieves beyond expectations, and he has done it since the time I've known him at 10, and he was doing it before then. By the way, his brother is the same way, and to be honest with you, his mother and father are too. Here's an example of automaticity, and as you're watching this, think about that circle. Think about the talent, the knowledge, the skills, the tactics that he has to use. Think about the awareness, self-awareness, the emotions, the habits, the expectations, and so on. Here we go.
Okay. So for the people who don't see it, you'll probably do this. Explain what, what. All right. First of all, I showed you this for automaticity. He was playing the keyboard. He was playing the drums. He was playing a ukulele. He was playing a guitar. He was playing percussion instruments, a tambourine and a, I don't know what the shaker was called. I don't know. <laughs> all right. He, he videotaped. He edited. He put this whole thing together. Think about the knowledge, the skills, the tactics tactics that this 13-year-old boy had to do. How did he get the skill he's got on the keyboard, on the drums, on the guitar, on the ukulele? All of these things are coming into play, but he has developed automaticity. He has developed the neural pathways so that he can do this and perform. You can never make the impossible possible. You can never achieve beyond expectations unless you have the habits to do it in an automatic way. Mm. That's so key. Now, how do you develop these? I'm going to go through this very quickly. It's an extensive part of the book. It's really a nine-step process. And by the way, some people have already told me, nine steps, that's so hard to change a habit. All All the weight loss programs that are out there that are truly successful, that have a coach, and that have you doing something other than just buying their food, have components of this process. All the athletes, all the musicians that develop automaticity, the military people, the first responders, they follow this process or a semblance of this process to make it happen. First of all, you've got to have positive emotion. Remember, you can't have negative. It's got to be positive. You've got to establish a very specific goal that you want to turn into a habit. Remember, it's multiple small acts. It's not just one act. It's a behavior change. So it's going to be a variety of things. You have got to, once you've established that goal, you've got to focus on and tell yourself, what are all the positive things that are going to happen as a result of that? Because these are important. You need to keep going back to that. I can tell you, you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have frustration. You're going to feel bad about some things. When you do that, you've got to go back and remind yourself, here's what I'm trying to make happen. Now, You've got to look at your existing habits. Which of the existing habits can help you? And in my book, I I use an example of me here and how I had to work to develop the the habit of empathy. I am a very task-oriented person, and I was blowing people away because I was condescending. I was dictatorial. I showed zero empathy. So I used a very sophisticated behavior developing empathy in my example in the book so it's not it's not just a simple example i had to look at what habits would help me be more empathetic then i had to look at what habits would be hindering that Mm -hmm. okay then i had to look at what emotions do i have that hinder that and one of the things that drove me crazy with people is anybody that puts roadblocks in my way i want to batter them out of the way so i get all ticked off at them Mm -hmm. and i had to learn to control that because When you find out their intentions, judging others by their intentions rather than their behavior, I found out they weren't putting roadblocks in the way. I was interpreting it that way. They were trying to make sense of what I was asking them to do. Right. Okay? You have to determine what triggers the habit that you're trying to get rid of because you've got to pay attention to that because you've got to learn how to control those triggers. Remember we said that that, um, never did anything by yourself? You got to have a coach, informal or formal. You got to have a coach. Several of you watching this are in Beachbody. You have coaches. 
upline coaches. They're trying to help you. They're trying to talk to you about things. This guy is a coach. He's trying to coach you with motivational things, with weight loss things, with emotional control things. All right? Coaches are absolutely essential. You've got to develop the knowledge, skills, and tactics. Remember that circle we started with? You've got to have role models. You've got to have an under, see other people doing it. It makes it real. That's why I put the stories in the book of all the people that were doing unbelievable things. You've got to know that it's possible, and that helps with the negative emotions. You've got to visualize. I spend a lot of time in the book talking about the process of visualizing because it's a powerful skill when you're developing, or powerful tactic when you're trying to develop any skill. Then, most importantly, you have to monitor your self-talk. You use self-talk to alert yourself to what you have to do, the steps of the process that you're supposed to follow. If I'm being successful, if I'm not, you have to use your self-talk to literally talk yourself through what went well, what didn't go well, how can I change it, what can I do differently, who can I get to help me, what can my coach tell me, what can I get from my role model. Finally, you must compliment yourself. You must tell yourself you're doing a good job. If you don't tell yourself you're doing a good job, maybe no one else is either. So these are the nine things. If you look at, and I use the weight loss programs, I'm not talking about the weight loss programs where they're just selling you food. I'm talking about the ones where you've got to sign up, you've got to go in, you've got to get weighed, you've got to have counseling sessions and so on. Those follow this process. Every winning coach of an of a athletic team, a choral group, whatever, does these things. The military does it. The first responders do it. This is how you what and this is how you create the neuroplasticity, how you shape your brain so that you can develop a new habit. And it also I love the the end, the self-talk, because when I did talk to myself in the mirror is when I was like I was able to get out of that negative yep. space. Yep. Um so thank you for that. So a good friend of mine who was in her sixties at the time. Uh, she once told a group of us younger people, we, we had this tennis team and we would always go places. Um, it was Steph's mom, Miss Roberta. She would always say, manage your expectations, manage expectations. Whenever she would, we would be hanging out, we'd be talking about life things. We all were New York City, you know, young people like on the go. And we would come down there and we would have all of our like, you know, quarrels and qualms with people <laughs> and this and like jobs and whatever. And she was like, you know, guys, you got you to gotta manage expectations, like manage expectations. And then, um, so it always got me thinking, and obviously I've, I've, I've talked to her a lot and really kind of got in her brain. And, you know, she really, you know, she lived her life that way. So you could really just mirror her and be okay. But I just want to know how does that correlate with how you describe expectations determine your reality? Because some people may have may be able to manage the expectations to the point where they are afraid to fail. You know, it's like, I'm going to manage my expectations. I'm going to do this. I'm going to stay, but I don't want to like go off the rails. Okay. There are actually people out there and some of you may know who they are and read and, and listen to their podcasts that go around telling people low expectations are the best thing. Don't have high expectations because low expectations, you never get disappointed. Things stay nice and calm and easy and the world just goes on and everything is good. Here's the deal. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Nobody achieved beyond expectations who didn't have such a high goal that it put them on the edge and made them feel uncomfortable. Mm. Okay? But... They did it because they believed that they could do it. Here's the thing. Who controls you? Me. Well, you say that. I'm going to tell you about Shannon. I know Shannon very well. Shannon and my son Scott went to school together. Shannon was a pretty good soccer player. She was on the select team. She was on the high school team. She played very well. She wanted to go to college and play soccer. Her coaches told her, Shannon, you're not good enough. You'll never play soccer at the college level. You might be able to play at the community college level, but you can't do it. Shannon's family did not have the wherewithal to to pay anything for Shannon to go to college. So people would say, Shannon, it's stupid to want to go to college. You don't have the money. You need to get a job, girl. Don't, Don't even think about that. You've got to support yourself. Well, my wife, Sue, heard about all this because Shannon was at our house with Scott. Sue sat down with Shannon, and the two of them started working. They figured that Sue already knew about uh, getting grants and funding to get into school, so she worked with Shannon in that regard, got her done with the application, got grants so she could get funded, Shannon goes to the school and talks to the soccer coach there. It's a pretty good soccer team. And the soccer coach says, well, I'll put you on the team as a freshman, but I don't think you'll play much. And she didn't play. I don't think she played any at all her freshman year. And the coach said, I really can't see you making the team next year, Shannon. Shannon came home and worked with Scott, and they worked all summer on training. She worked on her tactics. She worked on her her soccer skills. She worked on everything there was to soccer, but also she worked on the five intangibles. Mm. Shannon went back and started the soccer season. During the preseason, she was excelling. She got put on the starting team. She started every game thereafter until she graduated from college. I love it. She graduated from college without any money from her family. The next year, she got her master's degree. And in her first job back many years ago, she was hired at $65,000 a year, which was more than I was making at the time. She is now in charge of corporate sponsorships for a major university in California. Who controls you? The expectations you have of yourself. Shannon said, my expectations are going to control me. Other people's expectations are not. The coaches, the people saying, I don't have the money, I got to get the job, etc. 
Anna, uh, Shannon put herself on the edge. If you're not on the edge, you're taking up too much space, folks. Mm. You've got to set that high goal. Now, the people that tell you low goals, then you'll never be disappointed, blah, blah, blah. They write books about it. Here's the deal. You set high goals, and it looks like, oh, my God, how do I accomplish that? It's always incremental steps. You always start small. You always start with things that can be successful, and you work up. It always happens that way. What can I do to get started? I got to get started. How can I be successful? Expect setbacks. Learn from them. That's going to happen. Expectations, realistic expectations that Steph's mom is talking about. Mm -hmm. One of them is whenever you've set a high goal, you've got to expect setbacks. You've got to learn from them. It's going to happen. Nothing great was achieved in one fell swoop without any problem. I agree because every fitness program I've ever developed, you know, we were just talking about some stuff before, but you, you know, and all of you, if you work on a project or whatever it is in your life, I just remember starting a project and feeling so good. I remember doing insanity and I was like the beginning of creating an insanity and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then you get like four days into creating and you're like, oh, (laughs) You're like, I have nothing left. Like, I've exhausted my mind. I've exhausted my creativity. And then you feel stuck for, like, two days. And then you have to, you know, you have to find your way back. Expectations of others. Do, Do expectations of others control you? If they are positive, if others' expectations of you are positive, believe them. Go for them. Nelson Mandela said this. It always seems impossible until it's done. Mm. I love that. That is the case. It always seems impossible. Now, if it's expectations of you are of others are negative, ignore them. Here's the thing, folks. When other people are giving you negative expectations, it's based on their personal experience, their feelings of inadequacy, their self-esteem, their Uh, lack of belief in themselves. They don't have the knowledge and skill. They don't have the determination, the drive you have. All of that stuff is coming into play, and they're laying it on you. Now, they could be well-intended. The people that told Shannon to get a job were well-intended. They were trying to help Shannon understand that you've got to make, you've got to fend for yourself. The problem is that they weren't It wasn't what Shannon wanted, and they didn't take the time to find out what Shannon wanted to support her and help her. Sue found out what Shannon wanted and said, we're going to make the impossible possible. Let's go for it. And even to the point, Sue, before she had her first interview, Sue took her out and they bought, Sue bought a blue business suit she could wear for her interview. That's the kind of support we're talking about. So, expectations others have of you, if they're positive, go with them. If they're not, ignore them. Now, expectations you have of others. This is really important. You want to expect the best of others, but you want to be prepared to deal with the worst. Okay? I spent a lot of time coaching. I coach at the high school level. I coach at the college level. I coach age group soccer. I'm a licensed, national licensed soccer coach. I've seen all kinds of coaches. I've seen all kinds of directors. I've, I've watched people in the field of dance and music and art and so on. 
here's what happens. Unmet expectations lead to negative emotions. If you expect the best but be prepared for the worst, you know that you're going to have setbacks. So you're not going to think everything is perfect. You're not you're not going you're going to fall on your face. Silas and Sander tried to do all kinds of bizarre things that scare the bejeebers out of all of us. Okay? And they fall down and they get up and they say, "I'm okay. I'm okay." <laughs> okay? They had unmet expectations, but they're dealing with it in a positive way. You can prevent or control negative emotions by how you manage your expectations. So managing your expectations is key. Having super high expectations to achieve is key. You've got to have a nice meshing of both. So I love how you explain self-efficacy and how important it is, you know, to enhance your power within. Uh, when I took the self uh, general self-efficacy scale quiz that you have in your book, there was one thing that I circled not true at all. And it was, if someone opposes me, I can find the means and a way to get what I want. So for me, you know, I would be a horrible sale, like car salesman because I'm like, okay, if you don't want that car, I ain't trying to make you get that car, right? So that's, you know, I don't like trying to change people's minds. It's even, you know, if I can just be honest, like even in the election, right? Like this, we have this like crazy political climate and I get messages from people like, you need to use your platform to say this. And I'm like, I'm not trying to change. Like at this point, I'm not trying to change anyone's mind. Like you are a grown human, you know what you want you know, it's good and whatever. So without going too far there, you know, if someone tells me, you know, I kind of shut down because I don't feel like forcing anyone to do something, but I still want to explain why I would like to continue to do that thing. So if someone's like, I'm like, you don't have to vote this way, but this is why I'm going to do it. You know, this is, this is what I'm voting for, for, for instance. But I feel like really bad when someone says no and, you know, then they say yes. Can you talk about this mindset? Yes, yes. First of all, we want to go big picture. Big picture. Big picture, and then we'll work down to that. Self-efficacy is the power you have within. Self-efficacy is the belief you have in your ability to take on and successfully complete any challenging task. Right. Okay? Now, it can be a traumatic event that comes on you unexpectedly. Victoria Ireland is, in, is descript, described in the first uh, chapter of the book. She was a perfectly normal 11-year-old girl, and all of a sudden she's in a vegetative state. Mm-hmm. And she was in a vegetative state for three years. And to make a long story short, she, everybody said she was going to die, and she not only thrived and came out of it, but became a, a gold medal winner in Olympics and was second or won Dancing with the Stars or was second with Dancing with the Stars. So it makes no difference if it's a traumatic event or some goal that you set for yourself. It's your, your belief in yourself to make something happen. Now, this is a picture of a woman that I'm going to describe to you that did this. This woman was born into poverty in 1866. Right. Think back to 1866. What history tells you was it wasn't a very good time. By the time she was five years old, she was legally blind. Her mother died when she was eight. 
Her father abandoned her and left her, just left her, all on her own when she was 10. She was put into a uh, orphanage. She hated it. She's blind. She hates where she is. At 14, she had the wherewithal to convince people to get her to go to the Perkins School of the Blind in Massachusetts. When she went there at 14, she could not read, she could not write, she could not do math, and she had zero social skills. Mm. It was hell. It was humiliating. At the age of 20, she graduated as valedictorian. Now, this is Ann Sullivan. It's a great story. She achieved beyond expectations. She took everything you saw in that circle and applied it and had to work at it. But it was because she believed in herself. She was going to will it. It was going to happen. Now, it doesn't end here. The rest of the story. After she graduated, she was hired to teach a blind and deaf seven-year-old girl. The girl was spoiled, stubborn, and to say she was incorrigible is an understatement. A rich kid that was a royal pain in the behind. All the tried and true teaching methods to teach kids that are deaf and blind, and that might sound strange to you, it might sound strange to the audience, there's all kinds of those available. They weren't working. Sullivan had to figure out. She couldn't let the negative emotions deal with that. She had to get creative. She had to figure out. She had to think outside the box. How am I going to get this little girl to learn? Mm -hmm. She did it. She got the girl enrolled in the Perkins School. She continued teaching her in Perkins and got amazing results. The woman went on to Radcliffe College and graduated, and the woman's name is Helen Keller. Ann Sullivan, power within, is really what caused her to be a miracle worker. Mm -hmm. A miracle worker for herself and for Helen Keller. The self-efficacy, unless she thought she could do it, she couldn't have kept going. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now, a key part of self-efficacy, there's many things I talk about, about in relation to self-efficacy, but the key part is resilience. It means how high do you bounce after you fall? 
General George Patton said, I don't measure a man's success by how high he climbs, but how high he bounces when he hits bottom. The rising of the phoenix. Yep. That's what it is. Do you get back up and get going? Silas and Sander, crash. They get up. I'm okay. I'm okay. Now, there might be tears coming down their face, but I'm okay. I'm okay. And they're rubbing something, and then they're bouncing back, and they go right back and do it again. What are the characteristics of being resilient? The first thing is self-awareness. Have you heard that before? It's the (laughs) most important intangible. The next is a goal or focus, a total commitment to it, a total commitment. Emotional control, you've heard that. Can you imagine all the times Ann Sullivan had to control emotions in relation to herself? Can you imagine having your mother die when you're eight? Can you imagine your father just leaving you at 10 and you're literally all by yourself on the street? She had to figure it out. And then Helen Keller was a nightmare. Helen Keller was a nightmare. (laughs) Action-oriented. You can't dwell on the positive. You can't wallow in the negative. You've got to be constantly moving forward. And you've got to be positive so you can be a creative problem solver. So these are the characteristics of resilience that are a prime factor in the power within. Perfect. Last question from me, and then I want you all to kind of get ready to ask a couple questions. We have about 15 minutes left. Uh, and the last chapter of the book is definitely my favorite because I believe that if you train for anything, you get better at it. If you could develop a Shanti brain training program what would the title be and what could we expect from the bring training workouts would you please hold your right forum up so all the people could see what's on it no no the my other right. side oh, oh this one okay well i'm sorry left oh left what's it say on there hmm. transform your life hmm. <laughs> Train your brain to yes. transform your life. I and like you notice that. it's the same script as exactly. I hear? That's How about that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't know that you came up with this. I was really excited <laughs> to see that. Thank you. I'm going to give you an example of somebody that transformed their life. In 1996, this, this, is a, this is a woman that has done brain research, and she's held in high regard throughout the nation as a brain researcher. PhD. In 1996, she wakes up in the middle of the night with excruciating pain behind her eye. The blood vessels in her brain had burst and she's having a stroke. Within days, she's an infant in a woman's body. Nothing is working. She needed total care just as months old children do. Jill Bolte Taylor is her name had to train her brain to transform her life. She could do nothing. Wow. Her goal was to fully recover. That was her goal. She was totally and absolutely committed to it. She's an adult woman functioning as an infant. She had to learn to talk. She had to learn to walk. She had to learn to feed herself. She had to learn how to write, to do math, to read and comprehend. And she says in her book, the worst thing I had to do, the most difficult, challenging thing was to learn to comprehend both written word and people talking to me. It was so hard because it's such a complex text or such a complex thing. The medical professionals told her it was absolutely impossible for her to do. In fact, they, many of them said, you're going to die because people who have strokes like this typically die within a year or two. Mm. She had very slow progress, many setbacks. It took her eight years of trial and tribulation. 
She had to train her brain to transform her life. And now if you watch her do a TED Talk, you have no idea that she was in that situation. Okay? She literally transformed her life as an adult. People, no matter what situation you are in, you have the capability of changing it and making it better. You are in control. You can transform your life. Now, if you're going to train your brain to transform your life, remember, you've seen this picture before, the frontal lobe, the reticular activating system, the limbic system, you've got to make that frontal lobe take charge. The frontal lobe has to take charge to create this framework. Number one, you have to be positive and focused. If you're going to transform your life, you cannot do it in a negative mindset. You just dig your grave deeper and deeper. You've got to be positive, and you've got to be focused on what you're trying to accomplish. You have to have appropriate challenge. In other words, you have to do things incrementally. You have to have a coach that's helping you get through the tough times. You can't achieve a gigantic goal in one fell swoop. It's got to be step by step by step. It's like building a house. Sue and I have built several houses. The first thing they do is they put the foundation in or the the footers in. And then they put the walls up. And then they put the subflooring in. And then they put the floors in. And then finally, the whole house gets finished. It's a step-by-step process. And it's, it's an incremental thing. You have to do the same thing. You have to expect that it's going to take time. You have to constantly practice and reinforce to develop mastery. Go back to Blake, playing the drums, playing the keyboard, playing the ukulele, playing the the percussion instruments, playing the guitar. He practiced, practiced, practiced until he developed mastery in all of those. Automaticity, that's what mastery means. Then you have to get affirmations from yourself and others because it's going to be a tough, hard road. You have to constantly be getting positive feedback. Negative feedback doesn't help you at all. It's got to be positive. Now, your past is your past. Your future is a script waiting to be written. Think about that. It's blank. You're in control of it. Jill Bolte-Taylor transformed her life. Victoria Arlen did the same thing. Blake has done the same thing. You see this? Mm -hmm. It's a little bird in the hand. Here's a story. This young teenage boy was feeling his oats. He He loved to challenge authority. And he walked up and he had his hands together to a wise old woman. Might have been Steph's mom. And he said, wise old lady, tell me, is the little bird I have in my hand dead or alive? And the wise old lady looked back at the young man and said, young man, if I say to you the bird is dead, you'll open your hands and it'll fly away. If I say to you the bird is alive, you'll squeeze your hands together and it will be dead. Young man, the power is in your hands. Mm. Use the five intangibles, people. 
Use the fine and ta- five intangibles. They will power your performance. No matter how much talent you have, you can't maximize your talent without the intangibles. Using the intangibles, maximize your talent. People, the power is in your hands. You can make the impossible possible. Thank you. Thank you all for joining. I love you all so much. We'll have everything you need in the show notes. And if you're listening to this in a podcast and you want to be a part of the safe space, just go to the show notes um, and you can join us. And I love you guys and peace out.